This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, October 27th, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast, the pre-Halloween edition. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? Now, if you listen to Friday's show, you know that Jamie Ivey had to miss it because of an unexpected thing that came up during our recording time, and uh, she's going to be on this show. That was the plan. But plans are meant to be changed. And sadly, once again today, we will not be joined by Jamie Ivey. And sitting in for her is a worthy replacement from National Tennessee Relevant Senior Editor, Tyler Huckabee. Howdy, folks. Buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm I'm feeling on pins and needles. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hyped today. I made a new discovery that's really going to, it's going to be a game changer for my entire life. Right. Okay. I last week, and I've heard I've heard LeBron James advocate for this. Yeah, uh, you know he's a big he's a big fan of Taco Tuesday. You always see on Instagram. Taco he's always, Tuesday. Yeah, he's yeah. a big fan yeah. of Taco Tuesday. Yeah. So we did a Taco Tuesday last week, yeah. and we had people over. We you know right after work started getting tacos ready, put music on, and everyone hung out super late, and we we're eating nachos and 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 consuming things that you consume with. Tacos on Taco Tuesdays, yeah, Yeah. and it was like another Friday night, right in the middle of the week, right at the beginning of the week. It's like we just got off the weekend. You had Monday. Monday's kind of you got to get through the Tuesday workday. Tomorrow's hump day. It's like throwing a Friday night right in the middle of the week. I think it's going to be a thing now. I get the Taco Tuesday thing. But when you started, when you went to work on Wednesday, were you feeling, ugh? No, or? I felt fantastic. Like, man, really? that was worth it. That and was it worth is. staying up late and eating tacos late at night. Like, it gave me something to look forward to. It's a, it's a game changer, guys. I challenge each one of you to next week, go all but, in on a Taco Tuesday. You Just pretend to, it's a Friday night. But yeah. you invite people over and stuff. And yeah. You throw a party. Yes. See, that seems like a lot of work. I I, I, again, it's a it's a text and people bicycle people tacos. Yeah, yeah, come on by. You know, like who's not going to come over? Who's not going to do on tacos? You know, All right. D- Derek, what are your feelings on Taco Tuesday? I love Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday is it's a Friday the, night in the middle of the week. Bro, I don't <laughs> care. Like it, it, it tacos. I think tacos is a top three food of all time mm-hmm. period like behind I, behind, sure. behind what rank them I, I have to give pizza number one okay pizza is definitely and number we're throwing one. health considerations out of the out like, of the window every, if you can yeah. eat everything this. in this list nervous. is healthy healthy yeah. everything yeah okay so for me i'm going pizza and yep. then next i'm gonna go cheesecake Oh, and then after that, I'm gonna go tacos. So you got a sweet tooth. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. Listen, sure. guys, Taco Tuesday game changer. Friday night jammed right in the middle of the week. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. <laughs> Let's get it. Get see, t- but see, Let's like LeBron it. only does it at least on his social media. He only does it during the off season when he's well, got time. Sure. Well, you know, he's, thankfully for me, I'm not, yeah, thankfully I'm not a professional athlete. I know a lot of people see the physique. They see the charisma. They're like, yeah, that guy's got to be a pro athlete. It's shocking, but no. And so it doesn't really matter. I can have Taco <laughs> Tuesday whenever I really going to be no professional consequences for me. Unlike LeBron, you know, oh, are, you, yeah. are you a crunchy? Are you a crunchy shell guy, Jesse? Last night I did one of each and it uh-huh. was, mm-hmm. that was another good Not choice. crunchy shell. That what? 
That's I did not one a crunchy. Taco. I did one no. crunchy shell, no. one what soft. Are you, what are you, 10? No. No, no, no. Are you, wait, you guys are hating on crunchy shell tacos? We are what hating on crunchy shell tacos. Real, real men have soft shell tacos. It feels like a fast food thing to me. Uh, okay, crunchy so, shell tacos is a white invention. Okay, so, so you don't eat nachos. No one, guys eat no nachos. one in Mexico. Nachos are not tacos. Nachos are nachos not tacos. Are different. Nachos. That's not authentic. Nachos for the crunch. Listen, listen propaganda is my best friend. I can't. I have to defend. I have to defend soft shell tacos here and authentic Mexican food. But uh-huh. we are not eating that crunchy taco stuff. A crunchy no, taco is nothing but a, a well-designed handheld nacho. And prove me wrong. <laughs> prove me wrong that that's no, not but, all it is. But, okay, so here's my guilt. This is my guilty like, pleasure. Does. This is my guilty pleasure. And I know that I'm probably going to take heat from this. I'm sorry, propaganda. I'm sorry, all my Hispanic friends, um, my Mexican friends. I'm sorry. But the Dorito Locos taco from Taco Bell is crack. <laughs> real talk. That man. mug is crack. I know that mm-hmm. it's not real beef. It doesn't matter. I know <sighs> that, that I know that good, that's good. not that's an abomination. But no, good. that and joint is it. crack. And I'll say this too. You taste that thing all day. You eat it, you eat it at noon. You, you eat it at noon. The gift that bread, keeps on giving. Before yeah. bed, you're still tasting it. You go to sleep, still tasting that. Derek, you know, you know I'm telling the truth, too. You're telling the and truth, you, you can use a gallon of, of Listerine, and you're going to taste that taco all night. Yes, sir. It's it a 24-hour half-life on on the Doritos Locos Tacos flavor that just it's, it somehow penetrates your taste buds, and it's good well, for 48. Only 20% of what is in it is actual food. I mean, that yeah. is like... That, that stuff, that's some just chemicals latching onto your cells. That's you all tell me. Stuff. You tell me how they fit in a taco that you can taste for almost two straight days. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there going to be a movie uh, about the invention of the of the Doritos taco? Wasn't no, it's, a, it's a movie about no, Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Flamin' Hot Cheeto. Flamin' Hot, that's yeah. right. Not, yeah. 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 It's in the works. Uh, well, we have a great show in store for you. Coming up later, we talk to multi-platinum singer-songwriter Allie Brooke. Uh, our conversation veers toward uh, talking about uh, staying true to what you believe and how faith has been an integral part of her career. Uh, stay tuned for that. Okay, coming up next, it's License. I'm going to hit the moon, walk like I seen Tito. Man, I'm going to sound like President Got Vito. Got the sound up for the Vito, eh? I don't need to sign a release, I'm a Frito, man. This is the video game, this is simulation, man. How do you listen to lame? They the imitation, man. Take an idea, live it. Take an idea, did it. Take an idea with it. Just look how we get it. Just look how we did it. You're listening to Kanye West. The song is Na Na Na. It's growing on me, Derek. We only played a little clip last week. I think it's better than that clip. You like it? Mm-mm. Right, I love I love Kanye, bro, but that, that mug is bootylicious. I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today's show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Let's be honest. Talking about health insurance is not something anyone really likes to do. It can be confusing with lots of jargon. And who really knows what it's actually going to take care of? That's why Samaritan Ministries is a health care option you should consider. It's not insurance. It's Christians sharing health care costs and encouraging one another when there's a medical need. Here's how it works. You choose your health care provider. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries. They notify members to pray and send you money for your shareable bills. The money received is used to pay for the medical bills and health care sharing is biblical and affordable. Samaritan members directly share health care costs with other members and the cost for an individual can be as low as $75 a month. 
You can join Samaritan Ministries any time of year. Why not today? Samaritan members know that when an illness or injury happens, fellow members are there to support them. Learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash Relevant Podcast. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash Relevant Podcast. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well, uh, this week, there's probably a lot of people that are going to want to cozy up and watch a scary movie. It is that time of year, and a lot of people do that. And we actually had a pretty good discussion about horror movies uh, uh, recently, and and that's why I wanted to bring this slice, because um, a uh, Forbes magazine recently put together this study, and they had, uh, here was the parameters, they found 50 people that would agree to watch 30 of what are considered some of the scariest movies of all time. And while they watched them, they all had to sit in a room, and they had to uh, to surround sound for one, they had to be hooked up to heart rate monitors and things like that. And what the the idea was, they would make them watch all these movies over a certain period of time. And during each of the showings, all fifty of the people were strapped into uh, things to monitor their vital signs. And so they looked at which movies made people's vital signs raise the 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 hardest, the fastest, and the most consistently throughout the course of the movie to determine by a lot physiologically what movie is the scariest movie of all time. Interesting. Now, uh, so we, we have 30 on the list. The top three... Well, okay, so number. I'm going to give a hint for number one, and then I'm going to... Uh, 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 another notable one made uh, the, the top two. Um, but can anyone guess? I will say this. It is written and directed by someone who is a professing Christian and is the number one scariest movie of all time. I actually saw this study as a, so I do know the answer. So written by a Christian, you gave it away. It's The Conjuring. It, it is not The Conjuring. No. It, the Conjuring actually came in number three, though. And The Conjuring 2 uh, ranked number seven. So Would it be The, uh, the, the Exorcist? Nope. No. no. It's, uh, um, do you, uh, right, I, go ahead. It, it is written and uh, or co-written and directed or uh, by Scott Derrickson and the movie is Sinister. Uh, about uh, you know a, a, a theme that Der- Scott Derrickson comes back to pretty frequently, which is demon possession. Um, pound for pound, it is the scariest movie that th- they they identified by a pretty large margin. Like it was, uh, st- it stood out head and shoulders above the rest in terms of the physiological responses across this group of fifty uh, people. So uh, right, I've never I seen. I Sinister. haven't seen it either. Uh, uh, Clark, play a clip. New details today in the grisly murders of a local family found earlier this week. I didn't want to move here. We couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore. Plus, the new story I'm writing is here. Is the story a good one this time? I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read. I got a really good feeling about this. (laughs) That's the family who lived here. You think these are serial murders? I don't know. Sweetheart, what are you doing? I wanted to paint her picture. Who are you talking about? Stephanie. She used to live Tactical. We have to leave here now. Okay, yeah, that's a little creepy. Tyler, have you seen Sinister? I have seen... I have seen it, and I would say it's one of those movies. And there's a few of these. I wouldn't call it like a good movie, but it's definitely a scary movie. You know what I mean? Like I didn't leave thinking like that movie. It wasn't one of those like prestige horror movies that got what you really is, thinking about deeper things. What but is I was the appeal? Out. What is the appeal of horror movies? Is it the adrenaline rush, and then the coming down off the adrenaline. Is it? 
is it? I think study. I think it's what studies say the appeal is anyway. <laughs> like it's yeah. that fear without danger sort of thing. It, or it, the f- yeah, it's so it's like it's it's similar to like a roller coaster. You get mm-hmm, the thrill right. and and you feel like what it would feel like to be you know in danger, but there is no actual danger. You know what I mean? Like I think that's part of why say that to the guy who stood up on Space Mountain and got decapitated. Yeah, so, that's uh, that was actually a yeah. scene in Sinister, I think. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I'm joking. No, um, it's true. It's true, man. That like Disney and the parks here in Orlando don't report. Oh, Disney doesn't report like injuries and stuff because they figured out a way to make their own city and their own regulations, and they don't have to publicly report it. But word gets out, and it sometimes it's the local news, you know, and like like idiots do things on roller coasters that they shouldn't and then bad things happen you know there's a, there's a movie called <laughs> you might have seen it uh it's really weird and i cannot recommend it but it's a horror movie and it's called uh escape from tomorrowland and it was actually filmed gorilla style it's a horror movie that was filmed gorilla style at disney movie. at disney parks and it's really? about this guy who starts having <laughs> these weird delusions while he's at disney world and of people getting like mangled on the rides and stuff and it goes really have you ever seen it tyler I, I did see it. I think I saw it on your recommendation, actually. Yeah, he came you out probably 10, recommend it. Yeah, he came out like probably 10 or 15 years ago. But it, made, <laughs> it, it, it was like, it was a guerrilla horror movie. But anyway, Disney is a scary place. But if people are looking for something terrifying, again, I haven't seen, Tyler, would you recommend Sinister? I read the premise this morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds terrifying. It's pretty freaky. It, it is pretty freaky. But it is, it, I, I like Sky Derrickson. I think he's a really thoughtful guy. And it's a good look at his brand of horror, which is, but it, it'll definitely uh, I wouldn't watch it at night before you go to bed or anything. Yeah, but if you're yeah. looking for when a spooky you, season, when do you watch horror movies? I thought that was the whole point. Well, this one's pretty scary. If you're looking for a good Mm-mm. spooky season movie, uh, that it would be like on the list of ones that I would say. Not only is this scary, but it it depicts some like it finds some interesting ways to talk about good and evil, which is mm. what a good horror movie should do. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Erickson clearly approaches all horror movies from like a very moral universe that he yeah. that is important, which is obviously not true of all horror movies. Right, yeah. right. I love Scott. Scott is a go is the goat. All right, what do you have, Derek? Um, so right now this is a little heavy. Uh, over in Nigeria, there's a lot oh. of civil unrest, man, because of SARS. So back in 1984, there was a special unit put together, and it just just reminds me. I'm of, glad you brought this. Yeah, it, it it reminds me of just America, in in a crazy way. But uh, there was a a, a special unit put together uh, for robberies and crimes, and right now the Nigerian people are protesting trying to get it disbanded and it's called SARS and the protests have led to a level of civil unrest, which is crazy that now the police in Nigeria have been shooting at actual civilians. So, you know, a lot of my, my good friends over there have been asking me to speak about it. And I just want to make sure I brought it up on a relevant podcast for people for sure. to know, like definitely keep Nigeria in your prayers. Um, the footage has been unbelievably disturbing, disturbing and they're just slaughtering citizens. I mean, unreal that are protesting. The, I mean, yeah. Another kind of notable and, and Derek, I really appreciate you bringing this too. Um, another, uh, you know, kind of notable wrinkle in the story is the role that uh, a handful of musicians have played, not just kind of American pop stars. I know like Beyonce and Rihanna have, have, you know, spoken out about the, yeah. uh, Rihanna, she said, Oh, Rihanna. My, my apologies. All these. All she these corrected words. all of us well, recently well, that she says her own name, Rihanna. 
but but uh, uh, there, there there's also a lot of regional um you know uh musicians that have made protest songs that have really fueled some of the effort to, in SARS um even I don't know if if people listen to NPR's up first did a nice little story and played a couple clips from um some songs that have come out that have really helped kind of um fuel those uh, demonstrations and, and and raise awareness about about the brutality there yeah it's it's really gruesome to see what's happening now. Help help the people who have only kind of seen hashtags going around understand again. This was a group that was formed in the eighties, and right. what is it? What is it that they're uh, so, protesting about? So what they're protesting is the police brutality or the yeah. brutality of this group. So what happened? There was a young man who was killed, uh, and it was killed on film, and they arrested the person filming. It's like deja vu, like literally. So it's, deja it's like vu. Cover, the cover they're up, the corruption the cover of leadership, up. all that. Man. Absolutely. So that has kind of exposed this uh, this huge thing that's just been showing how corrupt this unit has been. Right. And they actually disbanded SARS, but I think just what has happened is it's exposed the wound of the corruption in government and uh, use of force and, and all these things. So the protests are gaining more and more steam. And I guess the right. idea uh, in Lagos is people are trying to, the, 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 uh, the army is trying to get control of the situation, but shooting civilians is not going to get control of the situation. Yeah. It's just going to nope. make it worse. Yeah. So, um, it just really got me. Th- it really has me thinking. Is like where, like, why is why power co- or just power just corrupts in a way that it it just really breaks my heart. Like I don't. I don't even. I'm, I'm speechless even just talking about it because I'm like, I, it's one of these where I don't know the answer. Like I don't know how do you fix this. How do you fix people with power not abusing the power and taking advantage of people who don't have power and that they're supposed to be actually helping? Like, I, I don't, I have zero answers. Like, I literally do. Like, yeah. it's, it's rough. Tyler, what do you have? All right. So this story uh, g- comes to us from Cleveland. Uh, from uh, This happened outside at a, at a little park that was outside of St. Barnabas Episcopal Church out, out there. There was a person who was taking a walk late at night, and this person saw a homeless person sleeping on a park bench and called 911 to report Ooh. that there was a person who was, who was uh, asleep on a park bench and called the cops to go you know, shoot, scram, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> scat. This is a this is a park. You can't just sleep here. Yeah. Police came, showed up, and what they found was that not only was this not a person, it was a statue of Jesus called Homeless <laughs> Jesus, and it was supposed to raise awareness of Jesus's status as like a homeless person. <laughs> and it had been erected just a few hours earlier. It had been around, I think they said, they said it had been erected just about two hours earlier that day. And it really? did its job so well that the cops came to try to haul Jesus to jail. For, for Talking about proving a point. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's the most Karen thing I've ever heard. That's oh, amazing. It's, it's pretty on the nose as oh. metaphors go it was and I actually need to amend this statement it was not two hours according to the the priest of the church uh quote here within 20 minutes of the statue arriving i was having a conversation with a very kind police officer because someone had called to report a homeless man sleeping on our park 20 bench. minutes 
20 minutes. Jesus didn't stand a chance. You don't mess with Karens in Cleveland. Jesus you know, like, did not stand a oh, chance. Oh, heck no. On a park bench? <laughs> <laughs> Quietly minding his own business? No, 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 no. Get out of my watch. Not on my watch. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Allie Brooke joins us. I never care what people say. I live my life. No other way. Yeah, we could die a million ways. But we're alive another day. Crashed a plane with you. You're listening to Shade. The song is No Other Way. Well, Allie Brooke is an author, a singer, songwriter, and former member of the multi-platinum pop group Fifth Harmony. She sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee to tell us about her journey with fame, how faith has guided her career, and how to stay true to what you believe. Here is our conversation with Allie Brooke. Obviously, spent a lot of time in the spotlight in your life, but this feels a little different for you writing a book like this. Did it feel like a new level of vulnerability for you to write this? I actually struggled so much to be vulnerable. It was hard for me because I was scared that it would be viewed as weak. So, even like on social media and stuff, plans and interviews, I would try to just be positive and keep it positive. But the book is the opportunity to tear down those those walls and get to know me, you know, and my story and and who I am, what what matters most to me, what I've overcome. You kind of just get to a point in your life. And, you know, I've always been a people pleaser. And this time, you know, not worrying about judgment, not worrying about shame or fear, um, and just really remembering my purpose for the story. You know, like, for example, opening up about body shaming, you know, and how that happened to me. And also about how people said that I couldn't dance and I was the worst dancer. That's, you know, it's stuff that you're like, it's kind of embarrassing. It's not pretty most glamorous moment, <laughs> but, um, Knowing that stuff like that, and even some of my harder moments, like, you know, dealing with, um, you know, anxiety and the, and the injustices of the business, um, and overcoming a lot of that, you know, feeling hopeless and and rejection and so many things, um, you know, opening up about that for the first time, this has the potential to help somebody, to help my fans who are going through the same thing or a similar situation, who don't feel good enough or who don't feel like they're going to come out on the other side. That is the the beauty of, of being vulnerable and sharing it all. So something you've brought up a few times is talking about your purpose. What is your purpose? What do you think that, what do you mean by that? I feel like now for the first time, I just feel like I'm really leaning into my mission in life, you know, and especially with everything I've been through, with everything I've seen in this business and overcome and seen in my life, you know, just the different miracles like God has performed in front of my eyes. It it gets you to redirect 
your life and your focus. And for me, my purpose is, well, it's always been, you know, a, a dream in my heart to through my music, number one, but also through my other passions, like acting, like writing, like um, storytelling, writing a book is how can I bring people joy? How can I bring people hope? How can I be a light? I've always wanted to be a light in this dark world and in this dark industry. And that is my purpose. If I can make someone feel valued, to feel special, to feel like not giving up, to feel um, empowered, that is invaluable. And that's what my purpose in everything that I do and all the projects I choose to be a part of is about is making someone feel something beautiful and to feel like they matter and that they're loved. I'm talking in my own reflection. I'm talking in my own reflection. But I ain't talking about you. I'm talking in my own reflection. I'm talking in my own reflection. I'm talking in my own reflection. But I ain't talking about you. I'm talking in my own reflection. Mirror, mirror, on the wall. Should I even turn the sky? Something you talk a lot about in the book is body shaming, uh, which is obviously something that you've had to deal with a lot in your life, as anybody on stage does, especially a young woman. Uh, how did you overcome that struggle? Yeah, so there was a time in Fifth Harmony when we were shooting on the beach for a video, and I was in a bathing suit, and I was super insecure. And then um, I opened up social media, and there were paparazzi photos, and people were saying how awful I looked they were calling me all these types of disgusting names and they made me feel so just worthless and like you know I'm not beautiful I'm not accepted I'm not okay being the way I am but now we're in 2020 where that's not accepted and that all types of bodies and and shapes and sizes and all types of women are being celebrated and it's okay to be to be human and to be where you want to be and that is something that's so comforting because just knowing that hopefully my little cousins won't ever feel the way that I felt and hopefully no other girl or even boy will ever feel like they're not good enough like they're not valued um I hope that through that and overcoming that and choosing to believe in the, the positivity that I was getting, believing the empowering words that my fans and family and friends were telling me, being able to share to young girls that you're beautiful, beautiful, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we're not all meant to be the same or, or to look the same. We should embrace what we have and celebrate each other because there's a magic in that. You also talk a lot in the book about your faith and how you say that has motivated every step of your career, according to you. Uh, how exactly has your faith helped you? My faith is everything to me. Just knowing that God has carried me through my life. He has my back. You know, Jesus is with me and he loves me. And in times where I feel so worthless or so helpless, he's there to say, you are more than worthy beyond what you can even imagine and just knowing that I'm not alone overcoming you know my mom's health situation with her scoliosis this up and down this emotional roller coaster of my mom found the right doctor and he performed surgery on her and we had to pray that she would be okay that she would come out of that surgery stronger and better and she did and she made an incredible recovery and then just seeing like 
healing done in my family and also in my career when all the doors were shut in my face and I was in despair saying, God, what am I going to do? How am I going to, how am I going to get through this? You know, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm sad. You know, feeling like all hope was lost. That little mustard seed of faith, he was there to rescue me in every situation of my life. And sometimes it was awful. I had to endure agony for years and years, but finding that light and and knowing that that was possible was the most beautiful thing. You are, and I I don't think you'll mind me saying this, I I think you even talk about a little bit, but you're a role model to a lot of people, to especially a lot of young people. Obviously, nobody is perfect. Is it hard to be a role model to so many kids? Do you feel that pressure? You know, it's funny because some people don't like being called a role model. And for me, I, I think it's a beautiful thing and special, again, like acknowledging that, hey, guys, I am not perfect. I've made many mistakes and I'll continue to make many mistakes. Please don't put me on a pedestal. But just feeling proud that, you know, someone thinks that I'm an example or, or uh, a good, I don't know, like artist for their kids to watch. I think that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, my grandma and my mom and grandparents always told me you know to to be a role model and to take that with love and that's what i've i've done you know and um again nobody's perfect but just knowing that people love and respect me and my music and my story and what i'm about my brand is about is really special to me so that i personally think it's it's really awesome and a gift i'm not gonna leave you now oh no it's gonna get better I'm not gonna leave you now Oh no, it's gonna get better I won't leave you for a money man No matter what we go through I'm not gonna leave you now Oh no, it's gonna get better I don't know why you always think that I Always think I'm all satisfied That I'm tempted by kings with the finest of things That was Ellie Brooke. Make sure to check out her new book, Finding Your Harmony, wherever you get your books. Stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. listening to Arlo Parks. The song is Green Eyes. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, uh, for the question of the week, uh, Jamie told us her story about while she was a young mother, she found a way to have a free hour of babysitting every week, and she would go and give plasma. She'd make 35 bucks, she'd read a book, she'd have a snack, and somebody watched her kids. And we were like, wait, you weren't a college student? This was your actual like kind of part-time income? And she she owned it. She loved it. It was great. Um, so we want to know from you what are maybe the most unusual ways you've made a little extra money over the years. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you posted or you sent us messages t- uh, to the Relevant Magazine Instagram account as well. Here's a few of our favorites. Maurice. 
Atkins. He said he's did Christian rap for money. <laughs> Just come out the gate with it, Mo. <laughs> send me a, send me a links, bro. I need to hear yeah. your SoundCloud yeah. link for real. Uh, yeah. And the question is, what money did he make from it? If you know, that's bro, it, it's not a lot. I'm gonna tell you that now. It's not a lot in this world, buddy. <laughs> Do something strange for a piece of change, baby. That's where it all went. Mo got it. Mo got it. All. Mo got all of it. He got out. <laughs> got out. Jo- Josh said he dre- dress up one Halloween at a grocery store as a giant package of Reese's cups for Hershey's, the company, and to hand out candy. But I looked, I looked a little scary, so no a kid approached me all day, and I just got to eat candy and get paid. That's a pretty good gig. That's a pretty know? good gig. Yeah, yeah. Good scare gig. off the kids, keep the loot. Yeah. I like oh, it. Oh, Ryan George, bro, this is crazy. He says, while hiking on the Appalachian Trail in January, my Bolivian buddy paid me 20 bucks to sit on a rock covered in ice with my bare buttocks. After I did it, he asked, You'd have done that for a dollar, wouldn't you? I nodded. You overpaid. I feel like there's a lot more to this story that that's I just feel yeah, like we should just move on. That's the cliff notes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was, this is one of those stories version. I just... Have you I, not I, seen the Christmas story? Like, imagine yeah. getting your butt, nope. like, frozen to nope. a, a rock. Once again. Like, what the world? The less 20, we know. 20 bucks isn't going to fix your butt. <laughs> Telling oh. you guys, you can guess that it wasn't a black guy for sure. Ben Stroop, <laughs> Ben Stroop is what's wrong with the sneaker world right now. Let's go. He said. He said in college, I used to camp out at stores for Nintendo Wii's and sell them for a huge markup on Craigslist. This I hate these guys. I mean, when that when something drops, a limited something drops, they'll go grab mm, it and then triple the yep. price. There's you know? no point. You might as well just go to StockX right out of the gate because right out of the gate. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. The sne- especially if you've ever tried to use the sneakers apps, nothing but heartbreaking. I mean, the same thing's happening this fall with the new PS5 and the new Xbox because it's super limited production because of COVID and yeah. they're releasing them anyway. And like already they're saying like nobody can get a pre-order. They're just going to go and be sold for thousands of dollars in the aftermarket. Well, now it's not even guys like it's not even guys that are waiting outside anymore. It's bots. Yeah. Like they just have a bot that just yeah. instantly, as soon as it comes on, yeah. bloop, bought 500 pairs or whatever. He also said for extra money, he would sign up for emails to be uh, subscribed. He would subscribe to emails. And so he would be a part of focus groups. He got paid to do email focus groups. That's not bad. That is dude. I would totally do that. And and I might even do it for free just to get my opinion to matter. You know, I I would do, I would do focus. (laughs) I always wanted to be a Nielsen house. I wanted to affect the ratings. Yeah. You know? mm. I, oh, dude, I, hey, I, one time Nielsen sent me, I got it. I opened an envelope. This is real talk. And there was a dollar bill in there. And we hey, said, I got it too. I did it. They, you they, filled they, it out. You filled it out and we'll send you five more bucks. I don't know if I ever got that five bucks, but I did fill it out. And I did too. I'm pretty I was like, sure if I, if I do this good, maybe it'll select me and for I, a TV. And mm-hmm. I like, I, I, I rigged the system. I, I, you know, like it wasn't actually what I wanted to watch or what I want, what I wanted to watch. It was just like, I wonder how off I, I wonder if there's some person that is like, listen, you know, the world's strongest Man, competition should always be on ESP two, ESPN two in the afternoon. They get mine. They're like, "This guy's watching. He's watching. He wrote it for every slot. More world strongest man. Send him five bucks." 
<laughs> All right. Well, there's more where that came from. Go check out the feedback on the relevant podcast Twitter account. Okay, it's time for editorial question of the week. Our next Tuesday episode is election day, right? And so for this week's question of the week, we got thinking about the election. And if you listen to Friday's episode, almost every religious group had uh, fair and free elections as a major concern. And got us thinking about the electoral, the electoral process and the democracy in our nation. We want to know from you, how would you make things better? How would you improve our democ- democratic election process uh, for the future? Obviously, the Electoral College and everything was put in place a long time ago with a very different population and technology. And uh, we just want to get your thoughts on how to make this I mean, like there's I think Maine is the first state to experiment with ranked choice voting where, you know, like you could see a system where there are five candidates on a ballot. You would rank them number one choice through your number fifth choice. Hmm. Add up all the scores. Person with lower lowest score wins the election, because what it does is it forces people. It it makes everything more civil because no one wants to be the person ranked last, because if you have higher points. So that's kind of like MVP voting. On uh, like the sports leagues and stuff, you know, yeah. like, <clears throat> yeah, but, but, but it, 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 or, forces, or the AP, the AP poll for college football. It, it, it's it, like, it, 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 it encouraged centricism too, because no one wants to be the outlier. No one wants to be the person on the fringe trying to like disparage everybody else. Cause, Cause you look like a big jerk, you know, and that's a big problem. Cause right now the system in, uh, uh, encourages polarity, right? right? Like strong feelings about one side or the other. This would encourage, you know, candidates to actually consider the opinions of people who think differently because they're trying to get a, a consensus, not just blind allegiance. I, there's a lot of interesting things. There's a lot, there's a lot of things. I like this. Like, yeah. I mean, abolishing the electoral college is obviously something that's been floated here and there. Uh, I floated cage fighting, but nobody's Reply All had a really great episode about an exper- a, a school that wanted to do an experiment with voting. And what they did is uh, for their whole student government, it was a lottery. And if your name got picked, you were, your number got assigned to a certain position in state government. And so the the idea was, we're not going to go for the people who are happen to be the most popular, the most wealthy, or, or best at campaigning. We're actually going to have a student government that's representative of the student body because it was randomly selected. And, and it, it, I'm not, I don't know if that would scale, but I think it's an interesting idea. You have know. you been Isn't to the DMV? Google picks yeah. their board every year, or so something like that. Don't they? they, don't they have, they have think, a lottery at Google. I think there. I think there are a couple of companies that have lottery positions mm-hmm. on their board because it. 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 it you know, the idea is it's more representative, you know, that's really interesting. Uh, and well, today, you know, uh, like I said, these replies will be on the next Tuesday show, which is election day. So everybody do your job. Vote. <laughs> you know, I think no. I think our demographics for relevance audience, uh, 93% of our audience are, are between 18 and 39. I think less than 1% of y'all are under 18. So that means 99% of this audience can vote and you need to yeah. do your job. Get out there and vote. So hit us up uh, with your replies on how to improve the electoral process in the future. Ways that you think it could be more democratic and fair. You can hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts. You can also message us at Relevant Magazine's Instagram account or post on the uh, comments on this episode post on our Relevant Magazine Instagram feed. Well, many thanks to Allie Brooke for joining us. Follow her on Instagram at Allie Brooke. 
And while you're online, go check out the all new relevantmagazine.com. Uh, we have some brand new newsletters, our daily top five, our deeper walk, daily devotional, and some other things for you to check out, as well as all the great content that we're posting every day. Go check it out, relevantmagazine.com. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. You can use a gallon of of Listerine and you're going to taste that taco all night. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.